Hey everyone, welcome to Eyes to See podcast. My name is Brittany and I am so grateful that you are here and taking the time out to listen and whether this is your first time listening to this particular podcast or your hundredth time, I'm glad that you're here and being able to participate and hopefully this podcast, um, especially this episode, you will walk away from it um, feeling encouraged and uplifted and just having hope in your day and in the future. And I'm just grateful you are here. So welcome. Um, this episode is titled The Ninth Inning. And yes, I'm talking about baseball. Um, so question for you to answer to yourself is, are you a baseball fan? Have you ever played baseball before? Um, Have you ever been to a baseball game before? Anyone that knows me (laughs) wouldn't be surprised to know that I don't play baseball. However, the closest that I've come to anything like playing baseball would probably have to be third grade kickball at recess. So same kind of idea, just don't have to hit a ball, just have to kick it. And it's a much bigger ball. So much easier for my brain to connect with each other. So maybe you can relate to that. (laughs) Um, But just a refresher in case it's been a while. um, I just want to go over one part of baseball And basically, that is how to win the game. So to win the game, you must outscore your opposition through the nine innings played. And then the team with the most points after nine innings is deemed the winner. And then in the event of a tie, extra innings are played until a winner has been concluded. So if any of you have ever watched a game, been in a game, and depending on how the game is going, whether the game is going really well for you, you're really excited for the ninth inning to come. Um, Whether you are losing, you are probably trying to get ahead before the ninth inning comes because, you know, obviously you want to have the most points at the end of the game. And so basically, I think we could all decide that sometimes waiting until the ninth inning can be hard. So thinking to yourself, I like to think that whether you're going through a trial, you're waiting for an answer to a prayer, it's kind of like a baseball game. You have all of these innings, usually nine. And for the first one through eight innings, you are trying everything that you can. You're trying to be patient and you're trying to hope and pray that you'll have this particular answer to your prayer or whatever's going on. And you're, you're waiting for that heavenly help. So I want you to think about for a second, because this happens to me all the time. And that is, have you ever noticed that the Lord usually steps in, in the ninth inning, whether you're down 
in the count with the numbers and he comes up to bat for you or you are in the outfield on the opposing team and he's up to pitch for you instead. So wherever you are in this game, the Savior steps in. It happens to me all the time. And sometimes I find myself thinking when this happens is, yay, <laughs> he's here. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And then I find myself thinking, wait a second. Where was he during the first eight innings? Why did it take until the ninth inning for me? Is it for me that I missed it? Was he always here with me during these these first eight innings? Why is it that things start to change in the very last possible second of this ninth inning game? So, Jeffrey R. Holland gave this promise to each of us. And he said that, he said, quote, I know that our prayers are heard and they are answered, though perhaps not at the time or in the way we wanted, but they are always answered at the time and in the way a compassionate parent should answer them. Please understand that he who never sleeps nor slumbers cares for the happiness and ultimate exaltation of his children above all else that a divine being has to do. He is pure love, gloriously personified, and a merciful father is his name. So, end quote. So, um, last week... This, I was in a ninth inning. <laughs> I feel like I have quite a few of these these days. And you would think I would remember how this goes, right? Um, so I found myself in this ninth inning. And I want to share this really quick, um, basically what was going on. And this is very not a big deal. Um. <laughs> It's not like life-changing moment that needed to. And I know that those of you that are probably listening um, could possibly have things going on in your life that are life-changing and are extremely difficult. And so I share this story um, just in hopes to help you to realize that whatever is important to you or whatever trial or hardship you're going through or stress or anxiety, that if it's important to you, it's important to our Savior and our loving Heavenly Father who want to help us. So um, last week, um, we have been looking for a house to rent. And we had decided that we were going to build a home here in Colorado. And it's been a long time since we have owned a home. It's been about 10 years. Um, the last time we owned our home was when we lived in Utah. So it's been a really long time and we want to, we wanted to, you know, get our roots in somewhere. And, um, if any of you know, Colorado, the housing market is insane. (laughs) It is crazy. Um, houses go within a day, 
both from selling and renting and people are coming in with like cash offers. It's insane. So we currently are renting our house now that we live in and we found out that we can't stay here while our other house is being built, which won't start until the fall. So we had this moment um, where we were trying to figure out what to do. And we wanted to stay in close to our neighborhood for our kids um, because I have one that's in high school, middle school, and elementary. So we didn't want to have to, you know, put them in a different school and then come back. Um, we wanted to stay within um, our ward area for the church um, that we go to. We wanted to stay in those boundaries. And because it's Colorado, we knew we were under a time crunch. And so pressure was starting to build a little bit. And I had prayed. We have been praying about this process since we found out about it in January of what to do. And um, we, I really had the mentality that I just to in my prayers, just let us stay in this house that we are now. That'll be so much easier. I don't have to pack up and move twice and it just will be great. So that's what I'm going to pray for specifically. And, um, I had a dear friend who I was talking to about the situation and I asked her if she would be willing to pray about this specific thing for our family. And she said, you know, of course, absolutely. I would love to. And I'll also pray that if it's God will, God's will and, you know, for something much better, if that's what he, you know, you know, whatever he decides. And when she said that to me, I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, that's not what I wanted you to say. I want you to pray for the specific thing. Don't add anything else in there. And she was, she's so sweet and kind of gave me that little smile, like, oh, like, no, I'm still going to pray in case there's something else that's much better for you. So when we received our answer that we couldn't stay in this house, um, I was super grouchy and frustrated. And then I had this feeling that I had my friend's voice come into my head that there is something much better. And for us, and just to be patient, and I know what's going on. I know you're in the eighth inning, and you're running out of time, but I need you to just wait on me and be patient, and I will take care of you. And as easy as that sounded in my brain, and the peace that came over to my heart, I don't know about you, but sometimes that's hard to put the two together. And like you hear these wise words and you're like, okay. And then, but then you have to like do it and you have to exercise your faith, which sometimes isn't easy. So last week, um, we found a house and we went and looked at it and, um, it wasn't, in our same boundaries for our ward. Um, but, and there was some things I just kind of felt uneasy about it. And 
it was kind of interesting. Um, when we had gotten home, my husband and I talked about it and we just honestly, like we were talking about it and we kind of got into a disagreement about absolutely nothing about this house. And, but we kind of were feeling that pressure because now remember we are in the top of our ninth inning and we need to make a decision. Um, we knew that this house wasn't going to stay on the market. They wanted us to make a decision within a couple days. And after all of our scouring and looking, there was nothing else. Like this was it. So I still kind of felt uneasy and I decided not to fill out the application. And I thought, you know, what, I'm just going to wait. And lo and behold, um, another house popped up and this one was quote much better and crazy enough it was almost identical to the our home that we're actually going to build in the fall it's in our ward it's in the same schools and it will be available exactly when our lease here that we're currently living in will be up And as this home popped up, I decided to change my prayers. And instead of being so specific, like, this is our house, I know it, please have this happen for us, I changed my way of thinking. And I just simply said that thank you for reminding me that you are always with me on my team and that you showed up for me And you hit that home run and we won the game. And whether this house works out for us, I want to thank you that you have showed me that there's always a much better plan for me than I could ever imagine. So I said that in my prayers and I got to thinking after the fact that I had to put in effort to find this particular home. It didn't fall into my lap. It didn't magically appear. I had to do some effort. And just like playing a baseball game, you can't just sit there and wait for someone to come in and score all the points for you. You have a team. You work together. And I like to think of it Your team is your family, your friends, your acquaintances. And most importantly, you have your Savior and Heavenly Father as members of your team. So I was reminded that the Lord loves effort. And I had to work for this moment. It didn't come on a silver platter on my doorstep, but it still came. So, for example, I want you to think of this for a minute. When God wanted to give the Ten Commandments to Moses, where did he tell Moses to go? He told him to go up on top of a mountain on the top of Mount Sinai. So Moses had to walk all the way up to the top of that mountain to get the Ten Commandments. 
Now, think about this. Heavenly Father could have easily said, Moses, you start there and I'll start here and I'll meet you halfway. No. The Lord loves effort. Because effort brings rewards that can't come without it. So I I saw this funny story. I thought it was super cute. It was um, talking about practicing the piano or an instrument. And I totally can relate to this because (laughs) I play the flute. And I remember um, when I was in junior high school is when I started playing. And I remember the first time I picked up my flute and they, so your flute breaks down into three pieces. And the first part of the flute is just where, excuse me, where you have like your embouchure where you blow and there's, that's it. It's just kind of like a, I don't know. I want to say like a recorder almost like where you just blow and you don't push anything because you had to learn how to just get air through it for it to even work. And I remember when I picked it up, I was like, this is so easy. Like, give me a break. And it wasn't. (laughs) I picked it up. I went to blow in it and nothing came out. There was no sound. I couldn't believe it. And I kept thinking to myself, what have I done? Like, I thought for sure this would be super easy. I'm like, not a big problem. Oh my gosh. I had to work really hard at practicing my flute. Now I, I can probably tell you I'm sure I blocked some of those memories out, but I tried really hard to practice my flute every day. And I had to, if I wouldn't have practiced and kept trying, I never would have been able to play because trust me, some people have this born talent. They can just like, I don't know, maybe sit down and play the piano and have like, just play or play an instrument and not have to practice. Um, I can't do that. My son, he can play the trumpet and I remember the first time he picked it up, like he made a sound and they like pushed his note down and and just like that. And I was like, how is that possible? And for me, it didn't come that easy. I had to show effort and I had to practice. So this question was asked to um, some kids that said, did you ever take piano lessons before? The children responded, yes. And then someone had mentioned that they practiced the violin. And the next question was, and do you practice the piano or the violin? One of the children said, well, you forget sometimes. The teacher went on to say, yes, you don't progress, do you? So if you don't practice, then you forget how to play. And it takes effort and a lot of hard work, a lot of study, and there's never an end. That's good. That's good because we're always progressing. Even in the next life, we're making progress. So reminder that the Lord loves effort and effort brings rewards. When we keep practicing, we are always progressing on our path as long as we're striving to follow our Savior. Now remember, because you might be thinking this, that he, our Savior doesn't expect perfection today. 
we have to keep climbing our personal Mount Sinai. And isn't as in times have passed, our journey does indeed take effort, hard work, and study. But our commitment to progress brings eternal rewards. So here we are. You're in your ninth inning and you're down one run. Your game of life could have been or is a huge struggle right now. It's had lots of ups and downs. COVID and cancer, doubt and dismay, financial troubles and family trials. Jeffrey R. Holland again says this. Quote, when will these burdens be lifted? The answer is by and by. And whether that be a short period or a long one is not always ours to say. But by the grace of God, the blessings will come to those who hold fast to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So did you hear that last part? By the grace of God, blessings will come to those that hold on to the knowledge that Christ will always show up. Whether it's in your first inning or your 25th inning, he is there and with his grace, he will help you come out ahead. And whether it's in this life or the next, for me, he has shown me many times that he is always with me. Even before my game, my problem, my trial has started and he will be with me until the end. In this life we are and always will keep progressing. It is hard work and it's not easy. Just like any game that you have may have played before, we may win some and we may lose some. But either way, God is on our side. I want to read this last quote that um, it says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. End quote. I pray that by and by, soon or late, those blessings will come to everyone who seeks relief from sorrow and grief freedom from your grief. Wherever you are, especially if you are at the end of your rope, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're lost, or you feel hopeless. Remember, the Lord will give you the strength that you need, and you will see that by and by, He has always had a much better game plan than you could have imagined. Never allow the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. The Lord loves effort and effort brings rewards. We keep practicing and we are always progressing as long as we are striving to follow the Lord. So hang in there when you're in your ninth inning. Don't forget to look for him, your Savior, Jesus Christ, especially while you wait.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Bye y'all.